0: Tonight's stories, right, they're all about the kingdom of God, all about the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, or it is like a merchant uh, in search of fine pearls. But before we go into what the kingdom of heaven is like, or what the kingdom of God is like, I think it's really helpful for us to understand what exactly the kingdom of God is. Okay, what is the kingdom of God? A couple of weeks ago, I told you that there are two kingdoms in our midst. There's the kingdom of this world, and there's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of this world, I I, I pointed out to you, right, is obvious to you. I didn't really need to point it out to you. Uh, You woke up in it today. It is our beautiful but broken world. The kingdom of God, on the other hand, uh, is that same world, right, the world that we live in, healed, uh, restored, fixed. Uh, It's a world with no more racism, or ageism, or sexism, uh, and so on. And no more wars, no more wailing, no more fill in the blank. But the kingdom of God is not just the absence of sin and sorrow, it is the presence of something else in its place. And it is the presence of goodness, and of beauty, and of love, uh, and of truth, supplanting all of those evil things. It is the webbing together of God, humans, and all of creation, and justice, and fulfillment and delight. It's a word that the Hebrews uh, had to describe the state of affairs. Uh, the word is shalom. Right? That is what the kingdom of God is. Everything wrong made right. is shalom. Well this is what the kingdom of God is, and it is what Uh, Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth to bring. And this brings me to point number one of this sermon and the first observation that we might be able to glean uh, from these stories. And that point, point number one, is that the kingdom of God is subversive. It is here, but it is hidden. Okay, point number one, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is is subversive. It's here, but it's hidden. Again, to recycle maybe an illustration I used a a couple of weeks ago, Uh, I told you the story about a soldier who parachuted uh, into enemy-occupied territory. And once he was behind enemy lines, that paratrooper, he established uh, small bands of resistance in every town that he went to. He jumped from one town into the next, and then uh, he slipped away. But before he did... He promised that he was going to come back. And when he came back, he wasn't going to come alone, but he was going to come with a whole army with him, a D-Day sort of invasion. Well, I likened all right, that, that paratrooper to Jesus. When Jesus came to earth, right, when he descended to earth, right? he too landed uh, in enemy-occupied territory. And when he showed up, he didn't show up with a full army, right, like the whole host of of God's angels. No, he came quietly. He came alone, right, solo. He came as a babe in a manger. And he lived most of his life in obscurity, right, the poor son of a carpenter. He wielded a hammer, but never a sword. He was pretty good with words. He told lots of stories and he used them effectively. He preached a message of repentance and faith, right? And as he went from one town to the next, he established small bands of resistance, men and women whose hearts and minds had been changed. He was subversive, right? The king and the kingdom of God here but hidden. Jesus makes this point in these stories. He says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field in verse 44. It's here. Right? The treasure is right under your nose. But it's hidden. You got to dig a little bit to find it. And in verse 45, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. The pearl is there in the pile. But it's not obvious. It doesn't stand out. You've got to look closely for it. Well, how or in what way is the kingdom of heaven here in our midst right now, right this very moment? Because Jesus says that it is. But where or how? How? You will find the kingdom of heaven everywhere that you find men and women and children who have pledged their allegiance to Jesus, right to Christ the King, and are living out kingdom values. Let's say it again. You will find the kingdom of heaven everywhere you find men and women and children who have pledged allegiance to Christ the King and are living out kingdom values here and now. The kingdom of heaven... It's not here in its fullness. But it is here nonetheless. It is present. Wherever you see Christians loving other people and forgiving other people and tearing little corners off of the darkness and sacrificially serving other people in the king's name, that is where the kingdom of heaven is found. I love uh, reading Willa Bedtime stories. Um, It's like right up there with dancing with her uh, to Leon Bridges, which is sort of like a tradition in my home, right? We throw on Leon Bridges and it's a dance party. But uh, I love reading her stories. And one of her favorite stories is probably one of your favorite stories as a kid, right? Goodnight Moon. Y'all remember? Uh, Goodnight Moon, it's okay. You can come to my house and I'll show it to you, right? Um, on the colorful pages, right, because there's some black and white pages, but on the colorful ones, there are many things that stand out. There's the bright red balloon, right? Good night, red balloon. Uh, Goodnight, cow jumping over the moon, right? This ornately framed picture of a cow jump, jumping over a moon. Lots of things that stand out and vibrant, red and yellows and greens, right, vying for your attention. But on also each and every single one of those colorful pages is a little mouse. Uh, It's not obvious, but it is there, and it's there on each and every single page. And as I read this story to Willa, I ask her, where's the mouse? And she has gotten so good at finding it. Like even before the page is turned, she knows where to look. And her little finger goes here, and then it goes like right there, and then it goes uh, right there. My daughter has gotten very good at pointing out things to me that are not so obvious. I wonder if you are the same way. Do you see the kingdom of God that is not so obvious, that is here but hidden in your midst? Do you know where to find it? Do you know where to look? And when you find it, do you point it out? Say, here it is. And do you encourage people with that? Do not lose hope. Do not lose heart. The kingdom of God is here. It's just hidden a little. The kingdom of God is here. Uh, it's in our midst, but it's hidden. It's easy to miss. And one of the reasons why it's easy to miss is because we often look in the wrong places to find it. Uh, this recent election is case in point. right? One of the reasons why people are so distraught, and on the other end of the spectrum, one of the reasons why people are so elated is because both right, have been looking to so their elected officials to bring the kingdom of God. It's why people are distraught, and it's why also people are jubilant. Is because they think the kingdom of heaven comes through the politician, right, or through the political system. And they're expecting them or it to usher it in. It's misplaced hope. Um, I'm not kidding. The, the other day I was uh, reading an article, and the article had a picture of, of a man wearing a white t-shirt, and on the back of that shirt it said, Trump, the only hope for humanity. I mean, that's idolatry. It's simply not true. Right? One of the reasons why we miss the kingdom of God is because we look to our politicians and our political system uh, to bring it. We look there and to them for salvation. But Jesus says the kingdom of God is not going to be found there. It is subversive. Right? It's subversive. One of the other reasons why we miss the kingdom of God is because we look to things like fame and fortune and think that's where we're going to find it. Right? The good life. Life as it was meant to be lived. Right? The kingdom of God. It's there where there's lots of money, and comfort, and pleasure, really encapsulated uh, by celebrity culture. We are very much a a culture uh, obsessed with celebrity. Y'all have any uh, clues who the three most famous, or three most followed people on Twitter are? That's a good guess, that's what I thought, she is not. Katy Perry's number one, all right? She's number one with 94 million followers. Who do you think is number? Obama's number four, right? But he doesn't make the top three. Taylor Swift is number three, right? She has 81 million. Who's two? Come on. You all aren't believers. It's Justin Bieber, right? Justin Bieber is uh, number two, right? It's the two most... (laughs) Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, and Taylor Swift. Listen to this. When Katy Perry tweets, there are over 94 million people who are hanging on every word. And when she posts on Facebook, over 71 million people are ready to comment on it. My friends, we are... Right, a celebrity-obsessed uh, culture, and we look to them, and we look to everything that they represent, thinking that's what I need, or that's where the good life is to be found. It's in politics, or it's in celebrity, or c- case in point, right? it's the celebrity politician. right? The president who was on S- Celebrity Apprentice, We turn to these and we're expecting to find in these places the kingdom of God and we miss it. And we miss it because the kingdom of God is subversive. It is not in the spotlight. It is covered in dirt. It's not a diamond, it's a pearl. Of course, pearls are beautiful, but their beauty is subtle. It's not glaring. What does this mean? It means that if you want to see the king and what his kingdom is like, don't look high, look low. Those who belong to the king and who will inherit the kingdom are often engaged in work uh, that is anonymous and quiet. They are anonymous people living quiet lives. They do not have millions of followers on Facebook or Twitter. And in the world's eyes, they are not making waves. But in God's perspective, like from the way he sees it, they are making a difference as they live out humble lives of love and service, here and hidden, right, subversively. That's not all that Jesus teaches about the kingdom of God. Uh, In these verses, he also teaches us that the kingdom of God is incredibly valuable. It's incredibly valuable. It's compared to a treasure in verse 44, and it is likened uh, to a pearl of great value uh, in verse 45. Just how valuable is the kingdom of God? Consider this. Both of these men are willing to sell everything that they have in order to obtain it. I don't know what this would add up to. If you sold everything that you had, if you didn't lose all of your possessions but you actually sold them at a garage sale or on eBay or Craigslist, right? If you liquidated all of your assets, how much money do you think you would have? I mean, I know you're all college students. You've yet to make your, the money that you are going to make after college, but you would have some change, right? Hundreds, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, millions, if you start to perhaps include your parents' assets, right? It's a lot of money. Whatever that number is for you, the kingdom of heaven is worth that and then some. It's incredibly valuable. Why is it so valuable? I mean, that's, I think, a good question to ask. Um, Why would it be worth everything that you own? And I have been able to come up with two reasons. Why it's so valuable. First of all, I think the kingdom of heaven is so valuable because it's everything that we need And it's everything that we really want. We live in a broken world where there is so much pain and suffering. And Jesus promises us it's not always going to be this way. In the place of chaos, there is going to be order. Where there is evil, in its place, righteousness. Where there is loneliness, community and friendship where there is hate, love where there is death, there is going to be life right we can go on and on and on but friends, this is what you need and this is what we so desperately want order and righteousness and community and love, eternal life it is everything that you could ask for it is everything that you want it is incredibly valuable There's another reason why it's so valuable. And the other reason why it's so valuable is because it's eternal. It will not perish. You know, this is the only treasure that is going to actually meet you beyond the grave. You know, the, the, the wealth and the possessions, the things that you accumulate in this life, you leave them behind. But this is an inheritance that is awaiting you. And it lasts forever, and it's eternal, and it doesn't diminish in value, but only increases in value. It's incredibly, it's uh, incredibly off And I recognize um, that recognizing the kingdom's value is often a challenge. You know, in Bible study this week, we're looking at Psalm. Uh, we're looking at Psalm seventy-three. Uh, it's a song written by a guy named Asaph. Uh, and in that psalm, Asaph envies the prosperity of the wicked and the arrogant, and it leads him to a crisis of faith. And he starts to ask, why am I doing this? Why am I following God? When? Why am I like making sacrifices for him? When I see people who do not love him and do, who do not love other?" human beings or do not love the world, they're getting ahead and they're making a ton of money and all of their Instagram pictures, they're happy, right? And they're on all these incredible vacations or whatever, right? Like people who cut corners seem to get ahead. So why am I doing this again? Right? The kingdom of this world With all of its promises of happiness and wealth and comfort and security, it seems a lot more real and tangible to us sometimes. I mean, it's safe to admit that. It does. And it's easy, right, uh, to forget just how valuable the kingdom of God is when we are surrounded by all this other messaging. Would you agree with me? If we're not diligent, it's easy to forget just how awesome Jesus is and just how great right, the good news message of the gospel is. Um, it's easy to forget why we're following him, which is why we need stories like this and why we need each other. We need Bible study. We need large group. We need friends to remind each other of where the kingdom is like the kingdom of God is to be found and just how valuable it really is. And we need to pray that the Holy Spirit uh, would convict us uh, and help us to recognize afresh the kingdom and its worth. Brings us to uh, our third and final point. Okay, so far we said that the kingdom of God is subversive, that it's here but it's hidden. And we said that it's incredibly valuable. But thirdly and finally, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, it cannot be hidden forever. Okay, It cannot be hidden forever. Um, once the men recognize that they've, they've stumbled upon this treasure, they give up everything they have in order to have it. Finding this treasure was the most important thing in their life. It was the most pivotal moment uh, in their life. You could, in some ways, right, if you were to tell the story of their life, right, with pictures or CDs or words, right, their life before the treasure would look different than life after the treasure. It just would. They sold everything, they gave up everything, and now this guy has got nothing but a treasure and a field. This guy sells everything, and now he's got nothing but a pearl. Like, you would notice this. These men may have found a treasure in private, but the effects of that discovery go public. You notice it. Friends and neighbors, right? They see it. This is different. <laughs> like, there's a change. The treasure itself was hidden, but its effects cannot be. The kingdom of God cannot be hidden forever. Right? It will change you. Faith in Jesus is always personal, but it's not private. <laughs> always personal, but it's not private. Faith in Jesus is personal but public because Jesus is claiming lordship of your life. He's not just saying, oh, I just want to be lord of your life on Tuesday nights from 7 to 8 and on Sundays from 10 to 11. He's saying I'm lord of your life on Friday night and on Saturday night. And Sunday and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday as well. I am Lord of all. We don't like that very much. We have our issues with authority. We rebel and we kick against it. We've been doing that since Genesis 3, a long time ago in the garden. We try to cordon off Jesus and compartmentalize Jesus and say, I'll let you be Lord uh, of my life with regards to this aspect of my life, but don't talk to me about my sexuality. Don't talk to me about how I use my money. Don't talk to me about um, my body and what I should do with it. We don't like that very much, right? Right? But this is what Jesus is saying, is that if I'm king, I'm king of all. Uh, faith in Jesus, personal but not private, right? it has a public dimension to it. right? Discovering the king, discovering the kingdom, it changes you. I want to know if you've discovered this king or kingdom. I wonder if you want to. Uh, if you do want to meet him, if you do want to find it, I would simply encourage you to keep doing what you're doing tonight. Come back. Right? Ask questions. Don't just ask me questions. Ask your peers. Do you believe what John is saying? And if so, why? Do you think it's worth it? Do you think it's valuable? Ask questions of your friends. And just keep trying, like, keep coming and seeing. Test Jesus. See if he's legit. If he's worth following after all. Okay, this is why RUF is here. We want you to have an opportunity to encounter Jesus uh, in college and to ask good questions and hopefully to find some good answers. If you would say, Yes, I have uh, discovered this king and this kingdom, I want to ask, what does life after treasure look like for you? Remember, right? Like life before treasure and life after treasure. What does life after treasure look like for you? What's different? Where are you being challenged? Where do you feel God is inviting you to grow? We've asked in other uh, large groups, what's your ambition? What are you living for? Who or what are you living for? Is it all about you and advancing your kingdom, your agenda? Or is it about giving glory to God and seeing his kingdom advance here on earth? What is it for you? The kingdom of God is subversive. It's valuable. And it changes you. Let's pray.